Welcome to the Everyone Walks With Someone podcast. I'm your host, Jared Piney. The Everyone Walks With Someone podcast is all about learning best practices to be better followers of Jesus by walking alongside others. Why are we called to walk with others? How do we do that? What guardrails are important? What can trip us up? The best way to learn is to hear from others who've done it and hear their experiences. Today, we've got a great episode for you as we start by chatting with Todd Hutchison. Todd is a campus pastor at the Westlink Campus Pathway Church in Wichita, Kansas, and he served in ministry for over 25 years. So buckle up. Here we go. Todd, it's great for you to be here with us. Hey, so good to be here. I'm excited about this podcast. It's going to be a great thing just to keep learning how we can walk alongside people well. Now, if it's okay with you, I'm going to call you Hutch, because that's what I do usually, and I can't call you Todd. Is that all right? Absolutely. Works for me. I love it. All right. Well, here we go, Hutch. Um, Before you share with us, I'd love to hear a story from you about someone who's walked with you. And there's probably plenty of people over the years, but maybe it was during a rough season or different times, but share with us who's someone that's walked with you. Yeah, you know, it's interesting um, to think about all the people that walk with you through life. I can think back clear back into, uh, you know, my elementary years. I remember being in the sixth grade and there was actually a teacher. His name was Mr. Washington. And Mr. Washington really was someone who uh, I would say was so important in my life. You know, in that stage, he helped me just have uh, confidence as a young boy, just to know that I could chase after things that I really cared about. He helped me uh, learn some things, some lessons in life that that helped develop my character. And, and honestly, Mr. Washington, it wasn't super spiritual, but I knew that he was a believer. And really, I think his love and encouragement for me was something that really helped me. I could say later in high school, there was a guy named Rick who came along, was instrumental of just spending time with me. There was a guy named Bill in my high school years that was a friend, actually my father's, who would spend times when I was really struggling in life, just we'd jump in the car. And I remember making laps around our city, just driving around the city, and and he just let me talk. And so for me, some of that was there was these places of trust. I can remember the first guy, my mentor in ministry, who really taught me the importance of uh, really making sure that I was always grounded in God's Word. And I remember him telling me years ago, man, Todd, I just want you to be faithful at sharing God's Word and sharing his love with people. And, and all these different people, you know, as I sit here and listen to this question, mm-hmm. their imprints were so important to who I am today, and they were all in different seasons, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and what I love hearing about that is they were all valuable. They all added value in some different way, but they did it in a different way. It, w- it wasn't right. cookie-cutter all the same way, but they walked with you in different seasons of life, but in different ways, and they added they added value. Absolutely, and some of them, you know, were, were very spiritually focused, and some of them had to deal more with with me as just being a man or, or being a father, you know, being a husband. I mean, all these things yeah. were different through different seasons of life. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah, thank you for sharing. Well, last week we heard from Todd Carter, and he gave us the overall vision of what it means to walk alongside someone. To, to dig a little bit deeper today, I want to talk about a few of the values that we uphold in this process and what that looks like. The first is that we need to be maturing as Jesus followers by growing Jesus followers. And the second, it's that we need to obey God's word while being accountable to others. Now, those can sound like hefty and weighty values, but Todd, let's dig into the first value and allow us to hear kind of your perspective and your take on it. So the first one was this, what does it mean to mature as Jesus followers by growing Jesus followers? You know, I, I think sometimes when we think about maturing, we, we think that, you know, I, I mature on my own. So it's kind of away from everyone. That's that's how I grow in my faith. I, I grow by spending more time in studying God's Word, or I, I spend more time in prayer. I spend more time in these spiritual disciplines. And that is a part of maturing. Mm-hmm. But maturing is also done in community. Yeah. I mean, it's done with other people. So, so this idea of, you know, I mature as a Jesus follower— by being involved in helping others continue to grow or mature in their faith as well. So, so it's really this beautiful thing of, you know, maturing is a lifetime journey. You know, for all of it's, it's not something that we achieve. And in fact, if you go back and look at it in the Bible, this idea of maturing is the idea of becoming complete. But it also tells us in the Bible that we won't come complete to total maturity until we're in the presence of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, so it is a journey, and it's going to take a lot of time in our life. 
you know, one of the things I, I thought about is this verse in Philippians chapter three, it says, you know, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. Paul says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us throw off, you know, these things, as many of us are perfect, we need to have this attitude. And if in anything you have a different attitude, God will make it clear to you. So, so this idea of like us forgetting the things that are behind us and moving towards the things that are ahead is a process of maturity. And it's a process of learning, you know, learning from our successes, mm -hmm. learning from our failures. I mean, and when we do this in community, sometimes what I found too is in my success or even more so in my failure, others can relate to me. They can understand me. Sure. And those things that really are confusing to me that may not be clear. I mean, Paul's saying, you know, God ultimately is going to mature you. I mean, you know, I can count so much on other people, but God will ultimately give me what I need. And so if I need to, I just need to go ask. Yeah. You know, the interesting part on this value, so it's maturing as a Jesus follower as you grow a Jesus follower. A lot of that is we, as followers of Jesus in our culture today, we understand and we like what that says, that we need to grow Jesus followers. But many of us don't feel like we're ready to, like we haven't reached that certain level of knowledge or a certain level that we're not, we don't have the ability or the words to say, or how do we grow other Jesus followers? We've got to wait till we reach that. But this value, it's kind of telling us, no, the way we mature and the way we continue to grow is when we grow other people. I just, what's your perspective on that? Yeah, that's such a good thing to think about. And I do think that there's a lot of people who feel like they can't lead someone or walk alongside someone until they've kind of got it together. Yep. But the truth is, I mean, God has all of us on such unique journeys. And, and I, the amazing thing I found over the years too is that those lessons that we learn, they're so valuable to pass on to other people. You know, so I can tell you for me, I, I'm thinking right now about grief, you know, and over the years sure. as a pastor, I've been in so many situations where I've watched people grieve over a variety of different things, losing family, losing family suddenly, um, even even some of those things that just would be job loss or it might be a marriage that didn't work out. And, and I found that people have an opportunity to give what God has given them. So if someone's gone through a process of grief, maybe, you know, they've lost a child. I, I think some of the best people I can find is I bring those people alongside others who have lost a child yeah. because then all of a sudden there's a shared experience. And so it's not always about, have I found the, the exact knowledge, you know, of, of how to even pass that on, but what has God taught me? And whatever God teaches someone, man, I think it's worthy of passing on. Yeah, and you know, God didn't just leave us to ourselves to figure it out. He, he left us with, with God's Word. We'll continue to dig in on that. And the greatest helper of the Holy Spirit, that as we lean on God and the Holy Spirit, it'll help us to walk with others as we're maturing and helping them to grow as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I just think we got to keep moving away from this idea of I have to know it all before I can walk with someone. Yeah, sure, because if we waited till that, to your point, uh, none of us would be walking Nobody with anyone, be doing right? It. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Um, let's continue. What's another scripture that maybe when you think of this idea of everyone walks alongside someone and, and really this value of maturing as a Jesus follower where you grow other ones, what's another verse that kind of comes to mind? Yeah, I was thinking of this verse in Colossians, you know, as, as Paul is there. And of course, one of his responsibilities was to walk alongside so many of these spiritual leaders in the church. And so his heart is this. He says, for, for this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in or mature in a manner that is worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing the knowledge of God. So, you know, Paul had this uh, desire, first of all, to pray uh -huh. for those that they would have really the knowledge that they needed, the spiritual wisdom and understanding and in that, that would give them the ability to walk in a way that honored God. And as they walked in a way that was worthy or honored God, it would also show the fruit of their life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this, this thing that we have the opportunity to do is to keep encouraging each other in this, to, to pray for each other, to, to be willing to share God's Word with one another, to gain that, that wisdom or that understanding for unique seasons of life. 
You know, as we walk with someone and as I walk with people, I'm trying to ask myself, what is it that they need? You know, and, and what they need, may need may not be a Bible verse. It may need, may need to be my comfort or my encouragement, or they may need to be inspired or motivated. Yes, yep. So whatever those things are, taking God's word, trying to give it to them in such a way that, that the fruit bears in their life. Yeah, and I love on this Apostle Paul first talks about prayer because I know, you know, we'll get a chance to talk about stories and examples. But as I've walked alongside other people, I've been put in situations that I should not know how to have the words or the actions to comfort them, the right words to say at those times. It, it drives me to prayer. It drives me to lean in on God and allow Him not just to to work in their life, but in mine too, to allow me to. Um, be able to walk with them that matures me as I'm helping them out as well. Yeah, the the great thing is I think that, you know, as we walk with people, we really are a conduit. You know, we're a yeah. conduit of what God wants to do often in their lives, and He's just using us to be His hands and feet to be a part of helping them grow. So, Man, when you put it that way, it, it allows me to relax my shoulders a little bit. Like I'm not right. bearing all the weight of having to know the answers and what to do that I'm just a conduit. I just got to be willing. I got to have faith and trust in God and, and be willing to, to lead wherever he goes. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, before we move on to the second value, any, any last parting shots or kind of tips on this first value of maturing? Yeah, I just, you know, as we've been talking, I just want to make sure that we really are setting up this this important truth that you don't have to have it all together yeah. to walk with someone. And I just feel like it's such a, a fallacy. You know, we tend to believe that, man, I've, I've got to, I either got to know more of the Bible or I've got to be older than this person or I've got to have more, you know, life experience as, as a husband or a father or whatever. We all are used by God. And when we're used by God and we allow ourselves, like you said, Jared, to be available to be present with that person, to give what God gives to us, we never know how God's going to use that. Yeah. And I found even in my own ministry, in my own life, there are times that I just showed up. And, and honestly, when I got in the car and drove away, I may not have felt like I did much, but to hear days later or weeks later, that person yes. say, that was so meaningful. And I'm like, well, I, thanks. I'm not sure what I did, but I'm just glad God was able to use it. I think we have stuff to give. Yeah, no, that's that's worth the double clicking on and just resonating with. And you know, it was funny when you shared at the beginning of the episode the people that walked with you. The thought that came up in my mind was, do they even know the impact they had on him? Because many times when you are walking with others and and you're you're just helping them out, they may not realize the impact that that they had on you, and and you may not realize how you're helping out others. And and that's where it just goes to be obedient to to follow God's lead in that. Yeah, just being faithful. You're right, man. Well, that's good. Well, thank you for, for sharing. And the first value, again, is that we mature as Jesus followers by growing at Jesus followers. And the second value that I want to dig into is obeying God's word while being accountable to others. So what does this mean and how do we live this out? Yeah, so one of the things, too, and, and just to continue to highlight this is we have grown up, many of us who have been in the church, believing that the goal of the spiritual life or maturity is we gain more knowledge. Uh -huh. So we just learn more and more about God's Word. It used to be, man, the, the person that knew the books of the Bible, the person that had been through three Bible studies and in a certain letter that Paul yeah. wrote, we were like, those are the, the teachers, those sure. are the leaders. And really, it doesn't come down to knowledge. It comes down to transformation. Yeah. And being transformed and looking more and more like Jesus is only done through obedience. You know, and so this this idea of being obedient to God's word while we're accountable to others. And I think that's something that we got to kind of shift sometimes in our mindset is you know, when I study scripture, you know, we say this often at Pathway, what is my I will statement? Yeah. So as we look at something together, um, I need to ask myself at the end of that as I'm gaining that knowledge or that wisdom, what will what will I, what will my I will statement be? What will I do about that? Yep. So it, it has to at some point turn to action. And I love in James, it says this, and I know this is a, a fun passage. It's very familiar, but it says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says, uh -huh. you know, otherwise you're only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. I'd be weird, right? <laughs> yes. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says 
and don't forget what you heard, then you then God will bless you for what you're doing. You know, so this idea of making sure that we're not just hearing God's word, but we're doing God's word, it's so important. You know, it helps us identify how God can keep changing and transforming us to be more and more like him. Because it's easy to get in a group and just talk about what the Bible says yep. rather than talking about what the Bible says for me to do. Yep. You know, and it's it's funny when you look at the statement, the I will statement, we say that because it leads to action and, and then others can help us do that. We don't have an I know statement, right? You don't do a Bible study and you're like, right. well, I know this part because that doesn't lead to that life change and that transformation. And, and I think you're right where in the past it may have been more about knowledge, but as we begin to learn, learn more about what Jesus and the, the writers in the New Testament teach us, it's about that life transformation, that action that comes from it. Yeah, I'd say one of the things on the accountability too, so we, we say this, you know, this is such an important value, obeying God's word while being accountable to others. The importance of accountability is really so we can be in a place where we can be honest, where we can be real, where we can yeah. be transparent. You know, when, when we are transparent with one another, that does help everything come to a, a real level of honesty. You know, and so, because a lot of my I will statements, they're fighting against my human inclination. Sure. You know, my heart sometimes that isn't always set in the right way. And when I get with friends that can say, I understand, you know, I hear you saying that this is a struggle for you. And I've had that struggle too. Yep. I think it helps you. It's that idea, once again, of not doing it on your own, but being in community. And we walk with each other in community and we're able to be accountable to one another. It gives us strength. You know, it's not just this idea of I'm going to have someone come alongside me and make sure I got all my I's dotted, my yeah. T's crossed. It's really a willingness for the individual to want to keep it real. Yeah, I know that's good. When I think about this, and I'll be honest here, obeying God's word, there's parts of God's word that's easier for me to obey than other parts, right? Oh, yeah. And the other parts that are harder for us to obey, we need accountability, right? If I try it on my own, if it's hard to overcome, I can maybe get to a certain level, and some of those through self-control and the Holy Spirit can do, but for those really hard ones, we need to be accountable. We need other people in our life to to coach us, to nudge us, to help remind us, to just encourage us to, to move past those harder things in our life. Right. Yeah, because some of them, you know, I, I'm not sure you're even designed to do that by yourself. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons God creates accountability is because he's trying to push us back together so that when those hard things come up in life, that we're able to help each other. And some of that accountability is, then I know how to pray for you. You know, so it's it's an act where I'm going to pray for you. It's an act where I'm going to ask you maybe questions to get down deeper because, you know, sometimes my my challenge too is I may not be self-aware. Yeah. And so when I have a friend that comes alongside me, someone who cares for me, they can ask me a question that I may not have thought of yet that helps me actually get in a better position to live out my I will statement. Yep. Let me ask you this question just kind of popped in my head. So sometimes we can be accountable to other people, whether we're people of faith or people not of faith. But if God's word isn't a filter of that and we're just accountable of each other trying to go through life, what does that lead to? What does that look like if, if God's word isn't a part of that conversation, that filter with our actions? Just um, let's play this out a little bit of what that would look like. Yeah, so if I'm just accountable to people without God's word being the truth baseline or plumb line, yeah. then really it's just you and I determining what we think is best in life. You know, and I think it leaves or eliminates God from the discussion. And, and really at some level, you know, I want to be in a relationship with people that God gives me to care for, but their their circumstances and, and what they're encountering in life, sometimes I don't have the answers for. And so I feel like God's word and, and the truth of what he is teaching that can bring them freedom, it's what makes that relationship different from many other relationships in life. I mean, I, I can be like my son plays baseball, yep. you know, and I can get with another father on the baseball team and we can talk about how to make our sons better baseball players and, and we can share our ideas, but there's not necessarily the truth, the plumb line that runs through that. When you're in a relationship where that truth, the word of God runs through it, then we have something we both can fall back on. We can explore together. Now it's not just you and I exchanging ideas about what we think is best sure. to be a husband or to be a father or to be a good friend. It's like, what, what does God say? What's the framework for this? Yeah, no, that's, that's good to make sure that 
in the middle of our situations that our feelings can can lead us astray from what God's word is. And so if we use that as a filter and if we give other people in our life permission to hold us accountable, to ask the tough questions, to go through the hard things, and God's word is that filter, then it just allows us to have a different kind of life, a God's uh, life for us that's bigger and better and more full than what our feelings would lead to. Right, right. Because, you know, once again, we all can... Uh want the right thing, but sometimes, you know, my, my own nature gets in the way, my own, you know, kind of thoughts about life and we need people to get us back on track. I think in a, in a setting where two people are trying to become more and more like Jesus, I mean, when that framework of God's word comes in, it just provides the right direction for us. Yeah, no, that's good. What else on you know, obeying God's word or being accountable to others. Any last parting shots on it? Yeah, I'd say one of the things that um, I've learned over the years about accountability is it has to be something that I desire. In, in other words, I, I think it's important for people to understand that you can't force someone to be accountable. Yeah. So, you know, when, when I have a relationship where I'm walking alongside someone, and even if I see something that could be detrimental to them, I can't come and tell them, don't do that. Yeah. I can tell them, hey, I don't think that's good for you, and here's why. And what do you think would be the right things to do to not put you in that spot where you have to like live through that, those poor decisions? But ultimately, at the end of the day, we have to allow people to desire accountability. And so we can promote it, we can encourage people in it, but when we come and force that on someone— I'm telling you, I've never seen that go well. And it's just because I, I think it creates a resistance yeah. rather than a willingness. And, you know, and I think there's lots of ways to this. I think sometimes um, one of the important things about accountability is discovery, you know, and yeah. if we're discovering something together, it it draws us together. But if I'm the one that knows all the answers and I'm always the one that's pushing you there, after a while, there there is resistance to that, like, man, I, I just feel like you're the teacher, I'm the student, and we're not wow. journeying through it together. So I heard someone a long time ago say this. I've thought of this often. You've heard me say this before, Jared. Um, this is someone you know that shared years ago in Leadership Summit. They said, if you know the right answer, learn to ask the right question. Mm -hmm. So part of accountability is I want to ask questions that lead to discovery so the person would desire to ask for accountability rather than being an expectation for them. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. And it's good to put in just the daily practice or just the rhythm of your life. Of how do you lead people that, whether it's, you know, you're married or with kids or in the workplace or, or the accountability through friendships too. And, you know, let me just be really clear. I heard you saying a little bit on this, but maybe not everyone's picking it up. Does accountability, does it happen without a relationship? Like, do you try to hold people accountable that you don't have a relationship or what comes first on that? No, that's positional. I mean, you know, at some point, you know, that's more of a structure of authority, and I don't think when we're walking alongside someone, we're trying to walk in authority. Yep. We're trying to walk in care. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when, when we come together, I, I want that person to know that, man, I'm here for you because I, I enjoy you and I, I want to I wanna learn about you. I mean, you know, it's not just me coming and taking on a case, if you will. Like, I'm here to help you. Yeah. You know, it's more mm -hmm. so I'm here to, like, walk with you and figure out life. And, and I think the one thing for me in accountability is – it's always important, even if you're working with someone who may not have the same faith journey, maybe they haven't clicked along as many years in God's Word or whatever, but if I'm not vulnerable ever, yes. then it feels to them like I have all the answers and they're the student and always the learner, and no one loves that relationship. I love relationships where I'm learning together with someone and I'm growing and we both have something to give, and I think that has the heart you know, of really someone being willing to say, hey, I'm not here just to tell you, I'm here to learn with you. Yeah, no, that's good. And that takes humility of whatever relationship and accountability structure you have to to know that it's not you imparting your wisdom, your experiences or nudging, but you're getting their perspective from you. It's helping you to grow. And that is how God built us, to have those relationships that accountability goes both ways. Absolutely. I've, I've found over the years that, you know, honestly, as I've been in many different relationships like this, that, that some of them, even for individuals who are new to the church or new to faith, they teach me a ton. Yes, I mean absolutely. it's just it's just cool. And and one of the things I always appreciate about them too is they're so enthusiastic about this new relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And it makes me look back at myself and go, "Am I that excited?" <laughs> and it's just a good thing to be in that type of relationship. Oh, no, that is. Thank you for for sharing on those two values and. 
you know, I think we can listen to more and more of that, but it's, it's as we put it into practice, we're going to get better on it. We're flexing those muscles and we're growing on, on how we live that out. Yeah, right on. Well, before we move on to our next guest, uh, I've got a couple questions for you. And one of them is, what is a book that you're reading right now or a podcast that you're listening to? Just uh, what are you digging into right now? Yeah, so one of the things that, that I've been sharing that I've been digging into uh, again this year is a podcast called The Bible Recap. And so it's a, a chronological reading plan that my wife and I have been going through in God's Word. We actually have been leading some other people. We've been walking with them, okay. you know, yeah. through it. In fact, just this morning, we sat down as a group, shared coffee, and uh-huh. we we're walking through. And it, it's just, it's been so encouraging to me to, to just be able to be challenged, to keep pace you know, on a reading plan. And so I've loved that. Um, I also have different leadership ones. You know, Kerry Newhoff is a guy that many of us follow here at Pathway Church, yep. and he's a Christian leader, just shares great information. <clears throat> this last week, I began to uh, engage in kind of in preparation for a message. I began to engage in a study on the tabernacle. And so I was going back in the Old Testament, yeah. and it was just cool to have this kind of opportunity to kind of re-engage in something I hadn't thought about at that depth in a while. Sure. And so that was really cool. And then my wife and I are kind of going through this one we've been listening to off and on for a while. It's called Rooted Parent. Okay. And we have a son that's 12. And so we're trying to figure out how do we raise this boy? And so it's just been cool to hear some things from them about how we can do a good job helping our son be someone who would look like Jesus. Yeah, because you got three older girls and you had that semi-figured out, although you never really do. And now uh, you're yeah. trying to figure out with the 12-year-old boys. Yeah, so. it's, a, it's better. I, I tell her sometimes, baby, I think I understand him a little bit better. She's <laughs> catching up now. <laughs> so it's different. Go. Yes, the, yeah. the roles are reversed a little bit on For that. For sure. Well, we'll link to those podcasts and, and different things in the show notes that you can check out later. Uh, thanks for sharing that. I, you know, one question we're going to ask our guests when they're on here is what's a daily practice or a regular rhythm that you have to to dig in and to strengthen your relationship with God. It's just good to hear perspectives on what that looks like. So don't unpack the whole thing, but what's one of those practices that, yeah. that you have right now? So honestly, I think sometimes we say it, but you know, just living it, you know, in a constant rhythm is being in his word. And I just find that when I'm plugged in God's word and, and I make that a priority, it just gives me such a good baseline. So so that's one of those practices. Another is I would say this practice of prayer. And so, you know, yeah. our team here at Pathway, we we continue to learn how to pray faithfully for everyone in our body. And so doing some of that, interacting with people, sometimes letting them just know that I'm praying for them helps me feel connected to them, yeah. you know? And then I'd say another one that Sarah and I have uh, really been focused on, my wife, Sarah, is how are we practicing opening up our home to others? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we've been opening up our home a ton uh, this year and just trying to get people in that we're eating with, spending time with, and just working at trying to get to know them better, seeing what opportunities we might have to walk with them. Yeah, no, that's good. Well, one important aspect of this podcast is to hear real life stories and examples from people on how they are walking with others and living out the teaching. So each episode, we're going to bring on an additional guest and share challenges and even wins in these areas. So today, our guest is Michael Potter. Michael, Welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us and taking the time to share. Sure. Nice to be here. Yeah, so great to have you with us here, Michael. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself so we can get to know you, and we'll start with, uh, what do you do for a living? So I mostly, uh, usually tell people I just fix computers, but if there's any uh, geeky people on, I'm I'm more in infrastructure with a focus on Linux and Unix administration, so... Computer yeah. stuff. If you'd have just stuck with I fix computers, I understood that way more than the other. <laughs> that got kind of deep there for both of <laughs> you. Like, right over the head on that one. So, um, well, awesome. Hey, you know, would you say that you're more introverted or are you more extroverted? Yeah, that's a good question. Like, I can I can stay in my basement and with my computer for all day, and then but I do like to go to the coffee shop sometime and hang out there. But I can get there too and just. I can be there around. I like being there around people, but I can also just sit there and not talk to anyone for four or five hours too. So I don't know. I'm somewhere in between. Yeah. I, you know, I love that answer because introverted and extroverted isn't black and white, yeah. right? There's many different shades of it, if you mm-hmm. will, or there's different situations that you want to be able to talk or you need to recharge by yourself at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I love hearing the different backgrounds from people who are walking with others. It really just helps all of us to see ourselves through other people that we can relate to and how we can intentionally live out these walking with others values. So storytelling is important. When we hear stories, it helps us to be inspired, to be motivated, to see how these things play out. And you know, really everyone walks with someone it's easy to understand and listen to and agree with, but it can be really hard to walk and to live out. You have to be intentional. You have to get out of your comfort zone at times. You have to really rely on God and to trust him. And if we're honest, there's challenges in walking with others and there's amazing victories when you do this as well. Since we know that stories and examples, they encourage and inspire, I wanted just the three of us to get a chance to tell stories of the wins and the challenges that we have had in our experiences of walking with others. So to start us off, let's think through this first value and stories and examples around it. So the first value we talked about was maturing as Jesus followers by growing Jesus followers. So what stories or examples can you guys think of of what this has looked like in your life personally? I, for me, I think you know, when I start walking along somebody that's new to the faith, that they start asking questions and um, you know, dealing with things that I've had to deal with before sometimes. And but they may have been, they may be things that like it's been a while since I've thought about that or talked about that. And so it's always good for me. It's almost like a refresher kind of thing, you know, to go back and rehash some of that stuff and really think about you know, where I, where I came from and like where I'm going or how I've, you know, matured a little bit there. So I think that's always good. Yeah. Can I dig in on that a little bit? So, you know, it always is interesting of like, you know, where I came from and where I'm at now and where I hope to be able to grow, you know, what would you say some things in your journey that helped you grow from being where you were at some point to where you are now? Uh, So probably when I was brand new to the faith, one of the things that, um, that I really remember is a guy walking alongside me and I had a lot of doubts about things. And I remember him, um, just asking me, he goes, he goes, I think that we all probably are going to struggle with doubts throughout our journey or whatever, but he goes, what's, what's stopping you from just putting the stake in the ground here and going, yeah, I'm going to have some doubts, but I'm going to go ahead and take that step of faith there and move forward. And that was a, you know, that was 20 years ago, probably. And that still sticks in my mind there, just putting the stake in the ground and and having that be my starting point to walking in faith. Yeah. Hutch, I don't know if you heard that part. You know, he said, putting the stake in the ground, it made me think of, you were like, I'm not going to trust my feelings and my heart and let them deceive me. I'm mm-hmm. going to put the stake in the ground of God's word yeah. and just move over those doubts. That's kind of what we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. You know, I was thinking of one as we were uh, just reflecting on this together you know, years ago, I met a guy and, you know, really had an opportunity to get to know him a little bit, but not real well. And then, you know, honestly, some years passed, we got back together. I remember kind of challenging him with a question he had in life, you know, and it was actually a, a question where he was really trying to figure out where does God fit in on this? And so we sat and had this conversation about it. I encouraged him to read a book. And there was this book that we had. And i tell you what was so funny is from that point on, his appetite for understanding God's role in his life and, and how he could keep growing as a, as a follower, man, it just like took such a, a rapid yeah. increase in his life. It was incredible. And so here we are years later, now very good friends. We meet weekly. He is a guy that I'm in accountability with. Yep. And it's just been cool that God allowed this season where we came together and God wanted him to grow. And it really wasn't me doing it. I just kind of gave him the nudge and he caught on fire. And man, honestly, I'm trying to catch up with him right now. Yeah, sure. Cause God can do so much more than we can. So it takes that little nudge or that little invitation or that, that first conversation or the beginning of that relationship to then let God take it from there. Yep. Yeah. He's always working in the background. Yeah. You know, Michael, when you talked earlier on where you was and where you are now, it, it made me think of, uh, me in the past, and I was a knucklehead. Like, there's there's friends that I knew in high school and college and young adult that when they're like, hey, what do you do now? And I tell them I work at a church. They're, they're like, no way. Like, that same guy that I used to run around with and do all those things with, you work at a church. And 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 really, when I can think of um, some examples of what helped me grow the most, I'll share those in a second. I'm just curious from you guys, in, in your past, what, what are some things that helped you mature the most in, in your faith? Uh, for me, it was uh, people mentoring me, you know, getting with somebody that was typically older and had been on their faith walk 
for a lot longer than I have and just pouring into me, taking the time, you know, like you're talking about Todd, um, setting meeting weekly and going through those things. That was, that was huge. Having somebody there to walk with me. Yeah. I'd say for me too. I mean, like Michael, it was those relationships, but I was thinking about like one of the things probably for me that always was a common component was adversity. It seemed like when I wasn't doing something well in life, you know, life wasn't going well, or I had, you know, a challenge in life, it seemed like that made me look for others more. And so sometimes I think it's easy in our life when things are going well to feel like, man, I'm on cruise control. I got this licked, you know, I'm just going to keep moving north. But when we experience, at least for me, when I've experienced adversity, I start kind of looking around going, man, I need a guide. I need someone to walk with me. Yeah. And so, so those have been cool. Those times of those, some of them have been painful for God to come along and bring someone in my life. But it was like Michael said too, once that adversity kind of at least ignited that movement to have that regular rhythm and someone who really I respected and helped me. Well, sure. Cause that adversity makes it to where you can't control it. Like you're at the end of yourself and you've tried as hard as you can and, and you're experiencing adversity, whether it's something you cause or just health or different things there that you've got to reach out to someone else or reach out to God and then through other people. So yeah, I'd say for me, it's been, it's been action. You know, when I've been encouraged and nudged to take action, like there's been a few books I've read that I can go back and say, man, these were valuable and important in my faith journey. But it was the times that I took action. I got out of my comfort zone and the things that I didn't know how I was going to do it, but it was clear that God wanted me to. So it was volunteering in middle school ministry. It was walking with other people and, and leading a home team and different things that those were the times, again, I was the end of myself because I didn't know how to do it, but I knew God gave me the opportunity to be able to, and it was the action that led me to grow the most. Michael, on that, can you think of, you know, someone that you've walked with that's helped you grow and maybe even a little bit of how it helped them grow as well? It's kind of that first value of we mature as we grow other Jesus followers. Yeah, I've got a friend that, um, this has been a few years ago, but uh, when I was living in Illinois that I walked along with me, he was an older guy and he'd been through a lot of very difficult things. He'd lost his wife and, um, but just to see him continue to move forward and walk through those things and and just rely on God um, was inspiring you know um, it was uh, it it was unusual for me to see that you know because a lot of times people get in those situations and it's they just they fall apart but he didn't he was he had a, a firm foundation in his faith and so he was able to build on that and and just really move forward through some of those very difficult things and it was inspiring to see him do that. Yeah. Michael, can I ask you a point of question? So Hutch and I, we're both, um, we're both pastors, we're yeah. both full-time ministry. And so some would expect, well, we're supposed to walk with other people and do this, but you fix computers and a lot of other high level stuff that I didn't understand <laughs> earlier, and, you know, but why is it, why do you find yourself willing and to invest your time and your energy to walk with others? I honestly, I just think it's like, I've, I've had, I've had to look at myself and go, yeah, I fix computers and I'd say I'm okay at that and good at that or whatever. And I enjoy doing that. But when I look at that, I go, what am I, am I really making an impact in, in the world and for God doing that? And I suppose maybe you could say I am at some point, but where you really get the, like, I feel like I want to pour into somebody else's life and, and do something that really makes a difference in, in God's kingdom, not just a worldly thing. You know, I go to work and fix the computers and that's good for the company, but what, what else am I doing that helps people grow that way? And I'm I walking along some, aside, alongside somebody like that too makes me, you know, I see them struggle with something and I look at myself and go, you know, I, I can look at them and go, why are they struggling with that? And I look at myself and go, well, I'm struggling with this <laughs> thing. And I, you know, it helps, I don't know, helps shine a light maybe in some blind spots in my life too. So I think that's always good. I, I love the evaluation too. I mean, I appreciate Mike when I've been able to watch him in action. And he's so good at this. But just this evaluation of like, man, what am I going to do that's really going to bring heaven to earth? Mm-hmm. You know, what am I going to do to impact God's kingdom? And when you invest in people, that's where it's at. And and the ripple effect of that. Yeah. You know, I think that if we can help someone get better and how they can help someone get better and and look more and more like Jesus, I mean, life just then becomes so much richer. And so, you know, I appreciate your heart of evaluation. It's going, 
man, I'm going to make an investment that's beyond my job, beyond, you know, what I do to earn a paycheck. Mm-hmm. I want to invest in what God's doing. That's yeah. super cool. Oh, for sure. It's that kingdom mindset. Well, we've shared some stories and examples of things going well, right? Of, of us growing and other people growing. But uh, my experience is there's, there's a lot of, um, and I wouldn't call them failures, and we'll talk about this in future episodes, but just challenges when it comes to walking with others. And so even on this value of maturing as Jesus followers while you grow others, what are some challenges that you guys have experienced when walking with others? I'd say one for me is, you know, I did student ministry for a number of years. Yeah. And, and the fun thing about student ministry and, and probably the thing that's in many ways invigorating is, is you get this short period of time where you can really pour in in such a strong way, but then they launch. And so for me, it always was like they're launching when you feel like we're not there yet and you got to give up control. Oh, yeah. And so at some point you're like, well, Lord, I, I played my part in this season in this person's life and then they're moving on to college or they're moving on to, you know, work somewhere in a new city and you have to trust God. You have to trust God to bring them other people and realize that, you know, man, God is, God is in control and he has a heart and loves him more than you or I do. And so part of, for me, it's just this issue of trust and it's hard to do. There are yeah. many times where I was like, man, just a little bit longer, you know, <laughs> I don't think this is baked up yet. You know, this yes. person needs some more help. No, that's... And, and there've been some that go off and, and you hear great things. There've been some that have gone off and it hasn't gone well. And then you hope for the next season for them. Yep. No, no, that's, that's real. And that's unique on student ministry. But if we contextualize that in our lives, there's, there's, we, only, we have limited time with people right. on, you know, just our interactions, whether it's work or friendships and those. So no, that's, that's very real. What about you, Michael? What are some challenges that you've experienced on this? Um, I, I've tried to walk alongside people that I keep seeing fall back into the same patterns. And, and a lot of times it's things that are out of their control, you know, addictions and things like that. And it's, it's a little frustrating and you have to be patient. And it also has helps having somebody walk alongside you as well when you're walking along somebody, some, somebody else to keep you encouraged and focused. And so, um, but it's, you know, I, I was reading somewhere as I was kind of preparing for this, uh, podcast, but you know, it's not, I've got to remember that it's God's timing and and not mine. And that's, and that's hard because I'm not a patient person, <laughs> you know, and, and after you've told somebody or walked with somebody and said the same thing, like, you know, four or five times, you, it starts wearing on you. And, um, I think you need to have somebody walking alongside you as well to kind of recharge you when that happens. So. That's so good. Cause I, I'd say this too, maturity is not always up and to the right. Like yeah. Michael's pointing out, you know, sometimes there's relapse for all right. of us yep. in our maturity. I mean, you know, I heard someone say this prayer a long time ago, Lord, help me get it the first time. So I don't have to relive it again. <laughs> and I, so often I've prayed that prayer in my own life, usually after I'm reliving it, you know, yeah. like, Lord, help me be wiser. But that's just part of life. It's not always up into the right. There are these moments where we stumble, we relapse into old habits, patterns of of sin or, or sinful behavior. But, you know, having someone, to your point, Michael, to pour into you when you're walking alongside someone who's struggling, yep. I think that's an important component here. Yeah, and it's it's so true. I just comment on, you know, there's been people I've walked with that it hasn't been up and to the right. And I'd say early on when I walked with them, I felt some of that burden, like, did I not reach out enough? Did I not give them the right information? Did I, could I have, you know, hung out with them more, prayed more? And so I gave a lot of that burden onto me. And, and really it's, it's God working in their life and their soft heart and doing it. Now, I don't want to mistake that we have a role to be able to play, but the trust and the faith that comes in God working in their life and us as a conduit through it. And so it's helped me manage that tension of not weighing those burdens when there are challenges of walking with other people, but um, just being obedient to what God's led me to. And, and to know that at the end of the day, if I say, man, I felt like I've done everything that God's led me to, then that's all we can be asked to be able to do. Um, let's move on to the second value. If there's any stories or examples around this one. So it was obeying God's word while being accountable to others. Uh, what are some examples or stories you can think of around that value? I'd say for me, probably one of them is just um, being able to obey God's word and be accountable only truly happens when I have good rhythm, you know? So in other words, like if, if I meet with someone so infrequently that there's really not a level of transparency and honesty because that gap's been so long, then it's hard to really get the teeth around the following or the I will statement. 
So I, I think we need to find a rhythm, and, and I don't know that there's a perfect rhythm, but I think there is a good rhythm in terms of how often we're meeting so we can check in, so we don't have too much grass grow in between those times, and we're playing catch-up all the time versus trying to hold them to that statement of, here's how I will look more like Jesus in this area of my life. And so I think rhythm's important, you know, in that. And I think that accountability structure gives you something where you can come together and go, we can count on this day at this time on the calendar each month, each week, whatever it is, we're meeting together. No, that's good. What about you, Michael? What do you think of? Um, I, I think of being vulnerable, like, um, we were at our uh, men's group meeting this week and we were talking about something that a lot of men struggle with. And um, it was, it was kind of topical, you know, or, you know, uh, yeah, surface level. And um, until somebody started getting vulnerable and going, yeah, I struggle with that. And then, then you, then everybody opened up. And so it was real important for somebody to take that first step and, and be vulnerable and say, I struggle with this because then it, it, it brought down other people's guards and they were able to be honest. And we've talked a lot about the honesty part of it, you know? And so, um, yeah, that was good. So I think being vulnerable, which is hard sometimes. I mean, nobody wants to admit that they've, they struggle in in certain areas or they've had, you know, or they are struggling currently in that area. And it's hard to let go of that. And some of that, um, some of that is is sin that's just secret, and it's it's hard to get that out. And so, unless you're vulnerable, just you may never know what somebody's going through. Yeah, I think that's so good, and and I can tell you from my personal journey and then walking with others, it's like there's certain unique brokenness that I have from my past, from my experience, and those things that I tried keeping in isolations. I think that is what the enemy wants, and and I was never able to overcome it. Like maybe moments of it, but I'd always kind of relapse back into that a little bit. And so what it took is when I had the relationships and the regular rhythms of accountability, and I was able to tell them, hey, this is some of my brokenness, and I need you. I give you permission to ask me about it, to call me out on it, to say, hey, how are you doing on this? And it was really that through the filter of God's word and obedient to it that allowed me to overcome it. That now it's part of my story. And and I think there's some things that's always with us, right? Like I've, you know, I still got to go back and, and make sure I've got a heart check on those things that I'm not gravitating back to some of that brokenness, but I'm still able to experience that freedom that comes with it. Yeah. Let's, uh, you know, so one of the interesting things, so I want to thank you guys for sharing on those values is when we were planning for this podcast, we actually brought in a diverse group of people and asked them what top questions they had about what it looked like to walk with someone. So in the group we had, you know, we had young people, experienced people, business leaders, blue collar workers, stay at home parents, introverts, extroverts, people new to faith and, and people pretty strong in their faith as well. And here's what we found. They all have lots of questions and we gathered some of these questions. And at the end of the podcast, we're going to be asking these questions just to dig into them a little bit. So uh, maybe not a deep dive, but kind of some quick answers that help provide some clarity in these. And so any one of us can answer these. But one of the top questions was, what is true accountability? And we may have touched on that a little bit earlier. What do you think, Hutch? Yeah, so I'd say true accountability is accountability where the person, once again, is desiring to be held accountable. You know, to me, that that's, that's the litmus test. I mean, you know, and I think when you come together in that relationship where you're walking with someone, I feel like accountability is essential. So you eventually have to get there and ask the question, do you really want this? Yeah. Do you want me to speak into your life? Do you, are you giving me permission? And then if so, what permissions are you giving me? Because if not, I mean, you could be in a lot of groups that are interest groups. We're talking about learning to follow and look more and more like Jesus. So, so it's a totally different thing, you know, learning how to like fix something or how to have an interest group where you're interested in baseball or running or whatever it may be. But I think it's this idea of, can I push into you? And at some point it may not be the first time you meet, but at some point you have to ask that individual if there's a willingness to do that, that to me would be true or authentic accountability. That's good. And it makes me think that that conversation, that dialogue up front is good. And then even along the way, like there's been people I've been walking with, things are going well, and then I I get ghosted and I don't get any conversation. I'm like, man, is it something I was nudging them on or coaching them on or something else going on? So along the way, we've had some of those conversations like, hey, did I go too far? Man, I want to help you out. Like, let me know, like, what do you need from me to be able to help? And so, man, conversation, communication, it's, it's always important, right? 
So here's another question. Um, how long do you walk with someone? And kind of a second part of this is when do you hand off that person to someone else? So, you know, there, there may be people that God brings to you and there's a certain limit that we're able to, to walk with them. There may be other people that are better. So what does that look like? How long do you walk with someone and when may you hand them off to someone else? Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking about this question a little bit and uh, one of the things that came up in my mind was, and maybe this is because I think this way sometimes, but I have to, when I when I'm thinking about okay, am, should I stop walking with this person? I think is it is it me that's saying that? Like, am I getting impatient? Yeah. Have I had enough of of them failing or falling back off the wagon or whatever that kind of thing? And I really have to look at take a good introspective of myself and go, is this just selfish, Michael, thinking I'm. I don't have time for this anymore, or I'm, you know, tired of dealing with this, or is this God telling me, you know, you, you've, you've done enough for this person, it's, it's time to hand them off to somebody else, or, yeah, I don't, that was the biggest thing I came up with, was just what, trying to get to the real root of that, or whatever, sure. but. What's that? That's good, yeah, that's good. I, I think one of the things, too, this is a common question, you know, I'm not surprised this question came up, because I think it is the question that, all of us want to do well and we don't want to fail at. I mean, we don't want to come to a point where we're like, man, I left him high and dry or I left him too soon. Like Michael and then wasn't me, wasn't them. I think it's like a process of continuing to look at the goals. So, so that may be a good thing, you know, as you're establishing this walking with someone relationship, what is it we're trying to do together? And then you can come back and keep asking, you know, are we getting there? Are, are you still passionate about doing this with me? And then, you know, maybe you, maybe you do check in every three months, every six months, and you just try to keep checking along the way. How are we doing on this? Are we still headed the right direction that we've agreed on? And then if you have someone that says, man, you know, I feel like I've gone as far as I want to go. And it could be life circumstance. It could be actually them a, a move, a transitional life. It could be a lot of different things that may bring an end to that unique relationship. And I think that's okay you know, for there to be that period. But I think just checking along the way and making sure that both of you desire that. Yeah. And I think, you know, one other filter that I'll have sometime is, are they in another environment where they can grow? So is that a small group? Is it another person that they're meeting with regularly? And, and to Michael, to your point, I got to see if God still wants me to engage on that or if it's okay to, you know, check in with them less frequently, knowing they're in a good spot where they're going to be able to grow and use their gifts and pour in other people as well. Right. Because I, I think we've experienced too, Jerry, at least in ministry, we've seen this where you'll have someone that's in so many groups yeah. and then you're kind of like, Man, I think maybe for you, you just need to choose which one or two rather than which five, because at some point that just gets to be a lot of noise in our lives. Yep. Well, hey, I want to say thank you guys so much for being with us and sharing today. And for everyone listening, remember to tune in to the next episode where we're going to wrap up our values overview. We'll be talking to Rodney Elliott and Randy and Kim Kaufman, and we'll have some of these questions and scriptures that we shared in the show notes. So make sure you check those out, but tune in next week. It'll be a great show. Awesome. Thanks for having me.